0: God often reveals his truth to us, whether it is about himself, us, or the relationships therein, through the natural world. This is revealed to us by Paul in Romans one nineteen through 19-20, which says, For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived, ever since the creation of the world, in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. This is also true for man-made things such as film, and I would like to show how he does just that in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Welcome to Oh How Marvelous, Episode 7. And today we finally get to talk about The Avengers. I love this movie so much. This is the movie that got me into the MCU in the first place. As I said before, it was Captain America, the first Avenger, that caught my attention. But it was this movie here um, that really sealed the deal for the whole thing, Um, really grabbed my attention into the MCU. Now, as far as my personal theater experience for this movie goes, I do not recall it. I probably saw it in theaters, but again, if I did, I didn't recall it. Um, But from now on, I will certainly have some good experiences to tell about, um, because this is the movie that grabbed my attention for it. So from this point on, I was looking forward to every Marvel movie that was coming up in theaters, so... Every opportunity I got, I would see him in theaters, and I remember a good bit of him now. So now let's get on to my favorite things about this film. The first thing was my favorite character, which was Nick Fury. Everything he had to say was pretty much an honorable mention quote, so I'm not going to mention them all to you. But I just love that he he didn't want to deal with the stupidity that came from the council. I recognize that the council has made a decision, but given that it's a stupid decision, I've elected to ignore it. And it's lines like that one that I really come to love Nick Fury for. And now my favorite scene in the entire film was the scene where Thor and Iron Man are fighting in the woods, and Captain America comes in and is like, hey, stop it, you're acting like little kids. But I really love the Tony Stark quote from this one, where he's like, doth mother know you wear with her drapes? Plus, I love that it's in this scene that we learn what it's like when an unstoppable force meets an immovable object in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, being when Thor hits Captain America's shield with Mjolnir. And also the fact that they accidentally discovered that Thor's lightning can supercharge the Iron Man suit, which is freaking awesome, by the way, and they use that in Endgame. And my favorite quote this entire film, it may not be the most popular favorite quote, but whatever. It's my favorite quote. It comes from Captain America, right before this scene, actually, where he's talking to Nat in the plane. And Nat's like, they're pretty much gods. And Cap's like, there's only one god, ma'am, and I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like that. And some of the general things I liked about the film just surrounded each of the individual Avengers One of them was how each came into the film, how they were introduced. You have Nat, who was in Russia somewhere on a mission, and Coulson called her in. Then Nat goes to recruit Banner, how she calls him in. And then you got Coulson going to recruit Tony, saying this is no longer about personality profiles. And then Thor coming in to retrieve Loki. And then Cap you have with Nick Fury shadow boxing, and he is recruited by Fury. It's like, should have left the Tesseract in the ocean, man. And then there's Clint who came in because he wanted revenge on Loki because he got knocked out by Nat, putting him back in his normal mental state. So I guess I just loved how each of the Avengers never knew any of the others until they just came in and then they worked together so well. And then the other thing I liked about this film was right before the Battle of New York how each individual Avenger prepared themselves for it. You have Thor who at the time was stranded out there um, by Loki and he was preparing to pick up Mjolnir. You have Tony repairing his Iron Man armor and then you end up with that shot of the helmet face. I love that. Um, Cap, you see him putting on his shield. Black Widow, you see her putting on her shocker gloves or whatever. And Hawkeye has picked up his bow and arrow and he's getting ready for the fight. And then there's Hulk, who kind of just crash landed into a building, scaring some pigeons. Got some pants from an old dude and uh, rode into New York City on a moped, I think. So there's that too. And the final thing I liked is just the shot that you see in New York City where they're all just standing in a circle, getting ready to fight some more. Actually, they've already been in the fight. But this is the part where I think Cap is getting ready to call the shots. And now for the one thing that I did not like about this film. It was the Stan Lee cameo. I gave it a 3.2 out of 10. Now, I thought it was better than any of the Iron Man solo movie cameos, but it was still kind of bad. Why would you have him, just a shot of him in a newscast saying, Aliens in New York, give me a break. I think his cameo would have been so much better if he was the one guy in Germany, that old man that stood up against Loki saying, There are always men like you. That would have been so much better. And honestly, if they did that, I think that would have been Stanley's most perfect, best cameo, absolutely. And now that I'm done talking about the movie itself, let's get into the devotional. It reads, In The Avengers, Loki attempts to take dominion over the Earth, but he also knows that he needs to defeat the Avengers in order to do so. In his attempt to do just that, he makes sure that he gets captured. His goal in doing this is to distract them from viewing him as the primary threat. He knows to do this the threat must come from within. Bruce Banner still doesn't have control over his actions as the Hulk. Loki knows that this is his opportunity to cause a distraction, so he creates an environment to make Banner angry enough to turn into the Hulk, and it succeeds. Until Stark figured this out and where Loki went. In the midst of the Battle of New York, Banner returns to the team. In this scene, he reveals that his secret is that he's always angry. The great commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Mark twelve twenty nine 29-31 In Matthew twenty five forty five, Jesus says, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. ESV Loving God and your neighbor are one and the same. How you treat others is how you treat God. He lives in all of his children and knows all of their needs. He also created you so that you may be able to fill these needs as you are able. Loki's goal was to create division among the Avengers, so he used the Hulk's hatred as a weapon for destruction against the Avengers. Banner saw the destruction that he had previously caused and decided to do some good in the world, even though he was angry, evidenced by his suicide attempt story. He only used his anger to fight to defend the lives of the earth. Have you been angry? Has it caused destruction around and even within you? How can you show love for yourself, others, and God during this time? How can you use your anger to fight in the defense of others without causing unnecessary destruction? Paul tells us in Ephesians 4.26 that it's all right to be angry, but we should not sin in the midst of our anger. See, Jesus was angry when he overturned the tables in the temple because they were turning it into a den of thieves instead of a temple for worship. They were using something consecrated for a holy purpose, and they twisted the very system that God had created into something that would give themselves a personal gain. And therefore, it nullified the whole system that was established in the first place. You see, God didn't Make mistakes in creating us. He made us as emotional creatures. So, why is it that we see anger as the sinful emotion? There is no emotion that is sinful. It's what we do with our emotions that are the sinful things. And so, we shouldn't allow our emotions to control us, but we should have control over our emotions. God gave us emotions to bring about a holy end to things. If something unjust happens, He uses our anger to drive our cause, to bring about that justice. If we're happy, we're to live in the grace and peace of God. We should use our emotions to bring about a godly end to the thing that we feel that emotion about. And if the godly end is already met, then we should bask in the joy of the Lord. There are several other biblical themes that came up. One of those was transparency and integrity. Now this concept comes up in the scene where Banner and Stark are in their lab talking about what Fury's doing, and then Steve Rogers walks in, and they're like, something's not right. Why do they have the Tesseract in the first place? What are they doing with it? And then Stark, with his ingenious technology, discovers that they're trying to make Hydra-like weapons, and so This brings them to the conclusion that they shouldn't really be trusting Fury as well. Rogers later on says Loki and Fury have the same blood on their own hands. And then at the end of the movie, you see that Fury has authorized them all a good leave, and he gave the Asgardians the Tesseract, especially after realizing just how dangerous it is. And he also does this just to help gain... Or trust with the Avengers because of how they felt about him towards the beginning. And so this is a good move by Fury to kind of hold himself accountable, but to also grow in integrity. The prophet Nathan held David accountable, King David, for his adultery with Bathsheba and the murder of Bathsheba's husband after David even tried to set Uriah up to sleep with his wife because Bathsheba was already pregnant and David was trying to cover up for his own sin, then sending him off to the front lines of war to get killed because he didn't do so. It's just a huge fiasco, and David was trying to cover it up, causing more sin to enter his life. It was awful. But anyways, afterwards, you get his confession, and you get the writing of what we now know as Psalm 51. And it is... Exactly this, why we have accountability, so that we might come to repentance. And integrity is just self-accountability, making sure that you don't do the things that could cause someone else to come up to you and be like, hey, you shouldn't have done that. We should all hold ourselves accountable, hold each other accountable, and hold ourselves up with integrity, so that we can stay in good relationship with God, others, and ourselves. The next theme that I want to talk about comes from The scene in Germany where Loki says, You were made to be ruled. In the end, you will always kneel. And you know what? With as evil of an agenda that Loki might have had at that time, he was completely right. In the end, we will always kneel. Romans 14.11 says, For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So Loki was right. We will always, in the end, kneel. But it won't be to him or to any false entity. It will be to God and God alone, in the new heaven and the new earth. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Now let's go back to that bit in that line where he says, you were made to be ruled. Of course we were made to be ruled. God created us. And why should we not bow down to our creator, the one who knows us best? The one who knows specifically for which purpose he has made each and every one of us as individuals. He created this kingdom for us to flourish in, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of earth. But that was separated when Adam and Eve committed sin. And so we are to bow down to him in the end when God creates this new heaven and new earth, one not subject to sin as a factor. So yes, God created us to be ruled by Him, but you know what? He is a good and gracious God. He is a loving ruler. He doesn't want to dictate what we do. That's why He gives us free will. That's why there's evil in the world, because of the free will that He has given us. He gives us choices every single day, and it's our job to make the good choices that honor Him. In the beginning, We were created in God's image, made to be ruled by Him. And yet sin entered the world, and now God has a plan to restore it all. In the end times, we will always kneel to Him. So yes, Loki was right. We were made to be ruled. In the end, we will always kneel, but only to God, only by God. Only by God are we ruled, and only to God. Will we bow down. Loki also goes on to give this grandiose speech about freedom being life's great lie. And it's connected to how he said that we're made to be ruled. In the end, we will always kneel. In Galatians 5.1, Paul tells us that it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. And that yoke of slavery is talking about slavery to sin. It was Adam and Eve's choices in their encounter with the serpent that brought sin into the world. It wasn't God. It was our own choices as a result of the free will that God has given us, yes. But that is part of the consequence of that. Through Jesus, we have a way out of that slavery to sin. If we just confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts that Jesus Christ is Lord. Romans 10, 9. There's one last thing that I want to hearken on that comes from a line of Lokis. And it's when he's in the metal tube that Nick Fury kind of calls the ant boot metaphor back to. And Loki says something about a warm light for all mankind. And Banner even alluded back to that saying that maybe Loki was trying to aim that towards Stark. The Gospel of John opens up with this in John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Continuing on to verse 9, The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. These verses are describing Jesus. He is... Warm light for all mankind. The Savior of the world has come, and He is the light of the world. But you know what? We're the light of the world too. Jesus says that in His Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5. Matthew 5:14 5, through 16 says, "...you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house." In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Now, how can both Jesus and us be two different lights of the world? We're not two different lights of the world. We're like the sun and the moon. Jesus is the sun providing the light, and we're the moon reflecting the light back onto the world. We are to be God's mirrors, really. Even Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So we are to be imitators of Christ into the world, showing the world the love of God. And when we do reflect this light of Christ, the darkness will not ever overcome it. The last biblical theme, kind of commentated on I guess here, not directly obviously, within this movie, is unity within the body of Christ. You know, when each of the Avengers first met each other, especially um, Steve Rogers and Tony Stark, they all had these conflicts with one another, but when it came down to it, when it came down to the Battle of New York, they were working as one team, and that's what got the goal accomplished. Just because we have conflict within the body of Christ does not mean that we can't look past all the theological differences, all the ideological differences, so on and so forth, or what color the carpet should be in the sanctuary, as if that even matters in the first place. But we should look past that in order to build a kingdom of God. They're all such moot points. All of our differences, ideologically, theologically, they're all moot points compared to the fact that, hey, we all believe in the fundamental beliefs of Christianity. We should not let all those differences get in the way Of us as the body of believers and the bride of Christ from fulfilling the Great Commission and going into all the world, baptizing believers, making disciples, and telling the world of the great news of Jesus Christ. And by the way, that is the definition of the word gospel, it means good news. And that is all that I have for you with the adventures. It was awesome, actually. Learned a lot myself going through this today. That was a lot more scripture than I was hoping to go through. But you know what? That's a good problem to have. We do have a Discord. If you'd like to join the Discord. Um, I'm not currently on the Discord right now. Just taking a break because of Lent. But I will get back to it. But still, feel free to hit me up at mcudevos at gmail.com. And I can send you the invite link when I get back on. I can't wait to interact with you guys there that is it for the avengers and that is all for phase one up next we are beginning phase two with thor the dark world on oh how marvelous